Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. And I'm Brandon Kylie. All right. I look forward to this conversation every week, but maybe never more than today, because I think Katie Wu, of all people, she's joining us via the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line, can help bring me and Alex Ferrario and maybe Tanner as well back from the doom and gloom. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. How are you doing on this Monday morning? BK, Alex, I'm fine, but I was told that you two are being a little bit of a vibe killer today. Um, not how you want to start a Monday with this, all this doom and gloom and, and overall just, I don't know, sadness, disappointment, pessimism. But I'm here to hopefully turn this around because, quite honestly, Tanner deserves better. Katie, yeah, that's Katie, right. don't let Tanner's childish m- – I, I, I don't even know what word. He's got me so heated right now. Don't let his childish exaggeration fool you. He walked into the studio earlier today and said the Cardinals suck. Whoa, I didn't hear that. Yeah, I didn't hear that. Tanner would never say such a thing. Um, No way. Katie, last week you used a great analogy (laughs) in suggesting that watching the Cardinals in one game was like watching the lamp falling over. And you know there's nothing you can do about it, but you see it falling over in slow motion. What I saw over the last three starts from Jack Flaherty was as if... I had put my wedding ring next to the garbage disposal and suddenly it falls into the sink and goes down the drain and there is nothing I can do about it because of how valuable Jack Flaherty is to this Cardinals team. Katie, how, how worried should we be about what we saw yesterday with Jack leaving after two innings with what they called shoulder stiffness and then after afterwards, Ollie Marmel said it's just a dead arm. One, I really liked your analogy of equating Jack Flaherty's value value to the Cardinals as a wedding ring because he is very much supposed to be the bridge in the second half to boost them into postseason contention. So, of course, to your point, it's concerning when you see Jack Flaherty go out there for three starts and look virtually nothing like the pitcher that he has crashed himself to be. It's been perplexing to see the differences between the two minor league starts that he had during his rehab assignment, and I totally understand the difference in competition and the difference in venue. All of that, the difference of intensity has been talked about. But from both a mechanical standpoint and from a demeanor standpoint, Jack just simply hasn't looked right. It could be a matter of, you know, I know he went out there the first start and admitted he was amped up, he was juiced up, maybe trying a little bit too hard. But over the last two starts, the velocity's been down. The, the slider, we've seen it, it hasn't come out right. 
Look, any time, just given what's, what's happened to Jack over the last 12 months, that he leaves a start after two innings, throwing 49 pitches, and he was supposedly slated for 85 to 90, there's a concern level. After the game, Ollie Marmel said, you know, the, the positive here is that Jack wasn't feeling any pain. He had a dead arm sensation. I'll read you guys the quote. He came in after the second inning and said nothing was hurting, had a dead arm, nothing was coming out the way he wanted it to, a little stiff, but nothing in the same spot we've been working on. We just weren't going to risk it. So a couple of pauses we can highlight from that quote. Three words. Nothing was hurting. That's huge. Anytime that a guy like Flaherty or any pitcher coming back from a serious injury has pain, immediate red flag. Nothing in the same spot we've been working on. Another thing that I think we can focus on as a positive is it's a different area. A dead arm sensation, sure, still concerning, I think, in the grand scheme of things. You didn't want to see him leave that game after two innings. You like to see his line over the last three starts resemble a little bit more of the line we've come to expect from Flaherty. But I think the Cardinals, and you can make the argument here that it didn't make a lot of sense for an organization to be so considerate and methodical about bringing a guy like Jack back to rush him through after two starts. You can totally make that argument. I think they are going to be precautionary. And of course I would expect a precautionary move of maybe Jack going on the 10 day, 15 day IL today, just to clear space for James Nail, Jeff Jones, breaking that news this morning. We'll see again. I think these next couple of days are going to be really imperative. And if the Cardinals find themselves without Jack Flaherty again, for a significant amount of time, might be time to press that panic button. Well, and then what's the, what's the next move with that, Katie, because we've seen the Cardinals without Jack Flaherty so far use a lot of different arms and kind of take a blow to the bullpen with so many guys trying to help out in the rotation. Doesn't feel like that can can withstand another two to three weeks. No, it can't. And, you know, I try not to have supercharged opinions about this team because at the end of the day, my opinion hardly carries any weight. It's more of a, you know, just kind of seen from a, a grand scope of things on where this team can look to improve. You don't want to speculate on any pitcher's health. You certainly will hope for the Cardinals' sake and for Jack's sake that he's not missing a significant amount of time, that this certainly is precautionary. Again, they'll know a little bit more in the next couple of days. But if it does come to a point where they're looking at losing him for a substantial amount of time, again, this ace caliber pitcher that was supposed to bridge the Cardinals through the second half, I think at this point, when you look at the depth they've had, when you look at who's knocking on the door in AAA, when you look, have, when you look to have movable pieces, you start considering a trade for a starting pitcher. Katie, that's where I wanted to go to because like, you're, you are a responsible journalist. You cover this team day to day. You make sure that you are out there, you're asking all of the questions, and you are measured in all of your responses. I came on the radio today and said that the Cardinals have to make a trade. And it can't just be for a like back-end starter. It can't be for a J-App. It can't be for a John Lester. Those guys were perfect for what they needed a year ago. This team looks like a playoff contender. They've got the lineup of what you would expect from a legit contender. The front... the. Four of the five pieces of the rotation when Steven Matz gets back, I feel pretty good about, all things considered. Their bullpen, when those guys are healthy, the pieces all kind of fit into place. They're missing a top three starter, and I was hopeful that Jack could be that guy. I have a really hard time, and I don't know what the medicals are. They would certainly have a better idea about this than I do, but... I. I have a hard time believing that he's just going to be back and there, like there's not going to be any more hiccups as we go forward here. Do you yeah, think, think that it is reasonable to have that opinion? I think it is reasonable. Again, I don't want to speculate or write anyone off or like off of an injury. I'd like to wait for the full, I don't know, the full diagnosis, but I certainly understand as we approach July, as we approach the trade deadline, uh, 
the need, because you're right, the Cardinals do look like a playoff team. They have the lineup. They have the depth. They have the manager that I think has used what he's had pretty much to its full extent. I know the Cardinals just played a pretty disappointing week of baseball. You can take that serious split with Milwaukee at face value. Those are four pretty tight-knit games that came down to bullpen execution, which the Cardinals had struggled really coming into Milwaukee doing. I thought put together a much better performance. I don't know what happened against Chicago. I don't know what happened yesterday. Probably one of their worst losses of the season. It's a new week, though. I don't think we can discredit the Cardinals for one poor week over the gist of a 10-11 week season so far. They are a postseason team. And if they meant what they said about being 2022 being their year of contention, if they find themselves without that third ace-quality pitcher, because I'm going out there and I'm saying Miles Michaelis, ace-quality pitcher, Adam Wainwright, ace-quality pitcher, they need a third. They planned for Jack to be that guy all along in the second half. If they suddenly find themselves missing that guy, they have to replace it. Otherwise, everything they've been building – in 2022, whether it's their farm system, the trades that they've made, their player development, that all ultimately comes to a wash. So despite Tanner saying that we're all doom and gloom, Katie, I did feel like there were a couple of positives that come out of the weekend. And one of those for me was Yvonne Herrera. Um, back-to-back games where he not only picked up a big RBI, the game-winning RBI, but he also picked up a couple of hits. And defense, I thought, was very good for the Cardinals. What did you make of uh, Yvonne Herrera's uh, games over the weekend? I thought Herrera made a a big jump over the weekend. I was pretty impressed, and I think the organization was, too, on his ability to slow the game down, to call the game. Um, Of course, you you want to see him come up big on that game Saturday, which he did. Then on Sunday, collect his first career hit. Those milestones are important, but I think what's even more important is the consistency in which he's learning, his conviction in, in pulling things off. There's one play that I want to mention on that Thursday game in Milwaukee. I know this is before the Cubs series, but he goes out there, gets an absolute laser from Lars Nupar in right field at home plate and Deeks of all people established veteran Andrew McCutcheon and on a play that he saw on Instagram. Uh, do you guys know what play I'm talking about there? Yeah. Saves a run on Nupar, right. And he's been in the big leagues for what, a week combined? And he's deking someone like Andrew McCutcheon? These are all great signs. You know, I know the Cardinals have been searching for some offensive production from their catcher spot. Andrew Kisner's been searching a lot. I think if Herrera continues to put together some growth and, I mean, the the pitch framing, the blocking that caught stealing on Sunday, those are all good signs that he's been improving over the last year or so down in the minors. I think if he continues to compile that and showcase that, he'll get a consideration for more playing time. Katie Wu is our guest for just another minute or two here on 101 ESPN. Find her work over at The Athletic. You should be subscribing if you're not already. Also follow her on Twitter. She is at Katie J. Wu. Katie, while we're on the conversation of the catching situation, can you explain to us what's going on with Yachty? So Yachty's back in Puerto Rico right now on the rest and recovery mode. He's with family, the organization, and Yachty both felt like it was important for him to be around family at this time. He's not been cleared to resume any baseball activity. He's still resting those knees. There was a point, you guys, where Yadier Molina was, was receiving multiple cortisone shots in that knee per week. Nothing was helping. He was searching. I mean, you could see him at the plate. He just wasn't comfortable. Everything was painful. So the Cardinals, of course, would like Yadi to finish 2022 in shape. So would he. And they're willing to kind of maybe sacrifice the middle part of their season so he can rest, recover. They hope by maybe early next week they can reevaluate and give him a timetable to revamp into baseball activity. But right now, because they're going to need Yadi Armelin in September, just like they're going to need a third starter, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that 
they're going to rest him now and their hope is maybe around, although there's no definitive timetable, this is a very fluid situation, maybe around the all-star break they can consider having Yachty back or maybe right after. But right now, rest and recovery is the main prerogative. He can be ramped up for baseball activity all he wants, but if he's still in significant pain, it doesn't do him or the team any good. So it does seem to be a little bit of a wait-and-see situation, but all in all, I think the team is comfortable with where he is in Puerto Rico. Being, it's hard, you guys. It's hard to be away from your family. He's been doing this for, I don't know, two decades now. So they're hoping that he can get into a better spot physically, being around his family, and hopefully by next week can start ramping himself into some activity. We'll get you out of here on this one, Katie. I, I saw a quote over the weekend. I think it came from Ollie Marmol talking about the rotation. And this was, of course, prior to yesterday's game when Jack ended up coming out after two innings. But he was talking about what happens when Steven Matz is able to return. And he basically said, like, hey, I, I think Andre Pallante has pitched really well. And I'm not so sure that it it's a guarantee that he's going to be the one that comes out of the rotation if and when that happens. Do you think Dakota Hudson, prior to yesterday, was potentially pitching for his spot in the rotation when Steven Matz comes back. Yes, I did. Again, prior to yesterday. The thing about Dakota Hudson that I find so perplexing is that it's a different issue every start, but the stat line is the same. So it could be, okay, he's not going to have first pitch strikes one, my, one day, or okay, he's a too many three ball counts one day. And it's the same line, to his credit, the, the earned runs are usually pretty low. He has a pretty considerable ERA, but it's the walk. It's the pace. It's the way in which he has to grind through an outing each time, where it's been a little bit perplexing because you certainly want more stability and more durability from a starting pitcher. So I did think that before Jack left, and again, there is no clarity. We're still waiting on that to see how long he's going to miss that Dakota Hudson was pitching for his spot out of the rotation. Now I think that uh, Cardinals are once again in a very familiar spot. I felt like I've been saying this since I joined the beach of needing to, I don't know, cushion their rotation again. So definitely I think Dakota Hudson something to watch on Tuesday. There should be some really good pitching matchups against the Marlins. I know the Marlins record isn't great, but their rotation I think is one of the, the best up and coming. And of course, Cardinals fans are quite familiar with who's starting for them on Wednesday. Um, I, I think we've had enough, uh, moaning and groaning today, so I won't even mention it. Um, <laughs> but it should be, all things considered, a really interesting series and a series the Cardinals really need to win. Yeah, and the Cardinals get some good pitching over the next six days with Lopez and Alcantara and my guy Gibby, Wheeler. There's some really good starters going up against him, and that's been an issue for the offense all year and long. And Katie, unlike what Tanner said earlier in the show once again, I'm still believing Dakota Hudson's <laughs> going to be an ace at some point, so I'm not pessimistic there. He sticks by I his love guy. the positivity, you guys. Just this ray of sunshine on this Monday. Katie, you're the best. We'll talk with you whenever we get down to the ballpark later on today. Oh, nice. Didn't know you were going to be there, and I'm in a much better mood. See how, <laughs> see how optimism works, you guys? It's <laughs> great. We'll see you in a couple hours. That's Katie Wu, Cardinals insider for The Athletic. She joins us each and every Monday throughout the Cardinals season here on BK and Ferrario. Check her out on Twitter. She's at Katie J. Wu, and be sure to follow all of her fantastic work. She's one of the best in the business over at The Athletic. A good story helps us understand the world and how to make it better. That idea drives what we do on the Daily News podcast, Post Reports. We bring you stories that empower people. You know this is a fraud, right? Why are you calling people doing this? And that hold powerful people accountable. Wait, you did what? We had to sue your office twice to get our hands on these documents. My name is Martine Powers. I co-host the show. Take the trusted reporting of The Washington Post wherever you go. Follow and listen to Post Reports.